Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman Podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. I am excited to talk about the holiday this week of Tu Bishvat. This is the holiday that often goes unnoticed. If you're living in Israel, you're in a great position because for weeks and weeks leading up to Tu Bishvat, everywhere you go, you see dried fruits, all these exotic colors and flavors brought in from all over the world. The fruits of Israel, it's a huge festival in Israel. But in America, if you blink, you might miss this holiday. So we need to first understand what this holiday has to do with us as human beings, because isn't this the holiday for the trees? So we're going to talk about the parallels between the tree and you and me, and what we could do to bring this into our lives. So let's begin. To Bishvat. It is the holiday of the trees, the Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot. Now, we know about our Rosh Hashanah, Aleph Tishrei, human being Rosh Hashanah, but there are actually four Rosh Hashanahs. There's the Rosh Hashanah for people, the one that we're familiar with. Now I'm telling you that there's one for trees, the 15th of Shvat. There's another one for Jewish monarchy. And there's another Rosh Hashanah for the tithing of the animals during temple times. But what does the tree have to do with me? And to be quite honest, this judgment day idea for a tree, what could a tree possibly be judged for? Like, is a tree misbehaving? What's going on? And what does that have to do with me? Well, everything. Because our sustenance, the way that we live is with food. And if there is no food, then we don't survive, right? Food is a basic basic need for human beings. So if the trees have bad judgment, if there are bad crops, God forbid a famine or a drought, we're the ones that suffer. So let's try to understand what this parallel is. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says that man is compared to the trees of the field. Ki ha'adam eats hasadeh. Okay, well, I still don't feel very connected to the tree, but just like a person is so unique. And look at your fingertips. Just look at your hands just for a minute and see the teeny tiny lines and the the fingerprints that you have. There is no one in the entire world, billions and billions of people that has the same fingerprint and mark as you do. So too with the trees. There are no two trees that are alike. There are so many different types, but everyone looks different, has different qualities, different branches, different sizes, different strengths, different offspring. So different. So that's the, the no two are the same, a person and a tree. So too with how a tree grows, the way a tree grows and how even a teeny little seed sprouts. First, it needs to completely decompose and fall apart. And just when you think there is no potential, and I'm telling you, think back to seventh grade science class or whenever it was that you planted something, put it on the windowsill of your class and waited and watched and watered and thought it's time to just throw it out. It's not going anywhere right? And that's when, only then, once it totally fell apart and smelt bad and looked even worse, that's when we started to see something sprouting out from the earth, okay? So the lesson for us, the similarity 
is never give up on another person. There is so much potential. Every single human being was created in God's image. Every human being has potential. We never discard someone. We never give up on someone. We could always be fruitful. There could always be something good that is coming out. Something else that we see with trees and we see with human beings is the constant change that is happening. And as Pamela Clayman from Jerusalem says, you're either green and growing or brown and dying. And there's nothing in between. And it's interesting when we talk about change, this is one of the scariest things out there. And change is inevitable. It's the only thing that we could rely on, that everything is changing around us. With a human being, with a tree, it's the same. We're either green and growing or brown and dying. We're always changing and developing. As long as we're here in this world, Alive, we are here to change ourselves. As our sages tell us, as long as the candle is still lit, as long as we're still here, we have a soul inside of us. We can change. We could fix. Same with the tree. As long as it's here, it's able to give off oxygen, the ecosystem, the carbon dioxide that the trees, the photosynthesis, the whole relationship that a tree has with the environment and the world around us. It's all about change. Okay, so should we go back to seventh grade science? Okay, this seed that rots, decomposes, looks terrible. We think it's worthless. And we know that that's exactly when things are ready to happen. It's only when the seed is able to let go and disintegrate. And only then can we move forward into the future. I think about some of the forefathers and foremothers that have come before us great model of this, of this idea of going forth, of letting go, of going into the unknown is Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, when they're told by God, lech lecha, go, and it's the unknown. They get their courage together. They go forth. They listen to God. They leave everything familiar to them behind them. And only then, once they go through their hardships and go through their challenges and tests, are they able to grow into the leaders, the individuals that they need to become. In Shir Hamalot, Shir Hamalot is one of the chapters in the book of Psalms, it's chapter 126, very famous line that says, those who will plant with tears will reap with joy. Hazorim bedima berina yitzoru. That when you plant with effort and toil, that's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to see great outcome. Growth is not easy. And actually nothing meaningful in our lives is going to be easy. Our marriage, our raising our children, getting the degree that we go out to get, whatever it is, wherever we don't measure ourselves up to other people, but we measure ourselves up to ourselves. Anything that we do in our life that has meaning, that is concrete and solid and significant is going to take sweat and tears. It's going to take hard work. And this is all about embracing the challenges and letting things go and moving forward. Okay. Now, when you see something sprouting, we could take the seed as an example, or we could think about a tree that's growing. How does it grow? Once it starts growing, the roots sprout downwards. And in the world of nature, right, the tree is only as successful as its roots. The stronger, the wider, the taller the roots go, the more successful the tree will be. The success of the roots will precede the success of the tree. So let's think about our roots. 
because we didn't make it here on our own. In order for every single one of you listeners to be here today and to be strong and proud and Jewish, that means that for over a hundred generations, people have chosen in again and again and again through pogroms and holocausts and intifadas and anti-Semitism. We've gone through the mill and again and again and again, people have chosen to stay involved. So when we think about our roots, we could think about the people that have come before us that have really paved the way for us. It's in our Jewish DNA, this strength, this resilience, this koach, this power that we have. It's not on us. In fact, every single day when we pray, we're evoking the merit of the zechut avot, the forefathers and foremothers. We're saying like, I'm just a little nudnik. I'm not a big person, God. Like, you know, I don't deserve to be granted all this goodness that I'm asking for, but I'm connected to some really great people. It's like name dropping. We're name dropping. You know, Abraham, He was my great, 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 great grandfather. And Rachel, like, look what she did for the Jewish people. She's my auntie, right? We're evoking, we're bringing up these names because there are roots. One time, so many years ago, my gosh, I had two little kids. I was pushing a double stroller, living in Jerusalem. And in the neighborhood that we were living in, Shari Chesed at the time in Bechavia, the whole neighborhood was changing over and they were knocking down these small little houses. It was one of the oldest neighborhoods and they were building mansions. And a neighbor of mine was building a beautiful home and she had to knock everything down. And there was this little olive tree. I think it was an olive tree. I'm not sure we had, there were citron trees, etrog trees, there were palm trees. There were every type of tree in Shari Chesed. It was known for that, that every home had a beautiful tree in front of it. Anyways, I remember walking home with my kids, picking them up from their play group, their gun. And we just stopped and we were watching as this massive crane came and was trying to uproot this not so massive tree. I must say it was small. They needed this massive crane and they were digging and digging and lifting and trying. And when it finally came out of the ground, we saw that the tree was smaller than the actual roots. There is a beautiful song. I'm not sure where this pasuk, the saying comes from, but it's a very well-known Israeli song from a long, long time ago. Sadiq Katamar Yifrach. Okay, if anyone is into Israeli dancing, you must know that song, Sadiq Katamar Yifrach, which means a righteous person sprouts and grows like a palm tree. So palm tree, righteous person, what's the connection? Well, if we learn about a palm tree, we know that its roots are longer, taller, stronger, thicker than the actual tree. And this is what I saw with my bare eyes, which kind of shows us that what is so beautiful about the qualities of a righteous person is that what's outside and what's inside, what's hidden matches. You don't see the greatness. The true greatness of a person is hidden. We don't show it all to the world. It's hidden. It's those sleepless nights that parents do and give to their children. And we don't post it on Facebook. We don't have to show all our accomplishments to the world. What's done in hidden in secrecy is sometimes so much more. You can't even put words to the devotion and dedication of a parent or the chesed, the true kindness that you do in secrecy, just giving without anyone knowing that is true greatness. Something else about a tree and a person, a parallel between the two might be that we don't live forever. We have our lives. Our lives are hopefully full and long and vibrant until 120. But one day we know we will die. And we know that our body 
will be buried in the ground and the soul will leave and, and soar upwards to heaven. And this is just part of life. The body goes through a process of decay and deterioration. And as Jewish people, we know that this is not the end. We know that this is not terrible because there's so much more. This world is just a prosdor, a hallway to the world to come. And people are just like trees. And what looks like a process of decay and deterioration is actually a preparation for a higher life. In Judaism, we call this techiyat hametim, which is resurrection of the dead, that we know that a soul lives for eternity. A body being buried in the ground, it's so sad for the people that are standing around and mourning, but we know that it's not over. We're just moving on to another stage. So we learn all of these beautiful ideas and parallels between man and a tree, right? Deuteronomy, Kiha Adam We are so, so connected to these trees. So how can we celebrate? So I'm looking out my window right now and things are looking pretty bleak. It's snowy, it's icy, it's pretty gray. Welcome to Chicago winters for you, our first one here. And I'm thinking to myself, when is it going to get sunny again? When is this snow going to melt? And my friends keep telling me, Eve, we're just getting started. We have months ahead of us. So my question is, how can we celebrate the trees now? I don't see one leaf on a tree. Everything is bare and brittle and cold and iced over. And it just looks like now you're telling me now we're going to be celebrating the trees, singing songs, happy birthday to the trees. Well, Judaism celebrates potential. And right now, at least in Israel, most of the rain has fallen. And by the time Tu Bishvat comes around, and this year it's a little earlier because it's a leap year, but by the time Tu Bishvat comes, the sap is rising in the tree. The potential is all there. Things are in motion. We don't see it. We only see what we see at, at a very physical, whatever's on the surface. But Judaism teaches us, al tistakel bakankan, don't look at the vessel, ela bama sheyeshbo, but look at what's inside it. Look at the potential that's inside it. I think about Jewish marriages, Jewish marriages, non-Jewish marriages, marriages. Let's just take marriages. If you look at the statistics of marriages that succeed versus marriages that fail, you have about a 50% chance at success, right? The divorce rate is over 50% nowadays. So why do we go all in with wedding celebrations? Why do we make a whole big to-do, invite every friend, smorgasbord, the works, put in so much money? Money, time and effort into wedding, weddings, right? Celebrations. Why? Why don't we just meet at the pizza store, have a nice little, you know, gathering, 10 people, put up a little chuppah, get married. And if you succeed, if your marriage takes off and it's not the statistics of, of those that don't succeed, but it does succeed in 10 years time, we'll bring out the whole smorgasbord. We'll put in the, you know, the $50,000 wedding. We'll celebrate. But the answer is no. Every single wedding, when a Jewish man, Jewish woman come together, stand under the chuppah and are ready to build a bayit ne'eman b'Yisrael, a, a beautiful sanctuary and home within the Jewish people. That is a reason for celebration because Judaism celebrates potential. So right now, the celebration, it's not really seeing the trees in their greatest bloom. It's true. We don't see it. Although in Israel, by Tu Bishvat, you do start seeing the Shkediyah Porachat, the almond trees starting to blossom. And it's a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. But right now, in most places of the world, we're not seeing it. We're not feeling it. And that's okay because we don't judge a book by its cover. We know that there's something more than meets the eye. We have that vision. We have that understanding that there's potential. And that is what we are celebrating. Judaism celebrates 
potential. So how can we celebrate? There are many customs, okay? One of them is to get a new fruit and say the blessing, Shehechianu, eat a new fruit. Okay, we're going back to Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah in the beginning of the year in September time when we have a new fruit on the table. So once again, over here, we are celebrating the fruit, get something new, see that extra blessing. Another beautiful idea is to go out and try to gather the seven species of Israel. What are they? Chita is wheat, Seora is barley, Gethen is grapes, Te'ina is dates, Rimon is pomegranate, figs and olives. Olives, we say Zayat, Shemen, Vitamar. So we try to collect those seven species, make a beautiful salad, do something amazing, make the blessings. Those fruit of Israel have a special elevated presence and it's very special to have them on your table. Think about Israel and connect to Israel, the land flowing with milk and honey, and elevate these fruits and do something special. Call it a tish, a tubishvat tish. Tish is Yiddish for a table. Spread the table, put on a gorgeous tablecloth, bring out all the fruits, bring out the beers for the barley. Go all out, have special wine, and heighten your appreciation for what we have. This is a time to really lean on our gratitude and our appreciation and seeing that there are miracles everywhere around us. Like you peel open a Clementina and you see the bite-sized pieces and how they're all encased in a covering that when you take a bite and it squeezes, it's like the ultimate gusher, right? Just pausing and understanding how many steps it took for it to show up on your table, right? It had to be planted. It had to be watered and grown and developed and harvested, had to have rain and warmth and sun and all these things. And then someone had to pick them wherever it was picked. And then someone had to truck it over to you and load it onto the shelf in your supermarket. And you just go and you take it. And sometimes we don't think of the 15 steps that came between this fruit that you're holding in your hand and putting it in your mouth. So be appreciative. Stop and think what went into this. You know, Rabbi Avigdor Miller of blessed memory, he was king at talking about gratitude and miracles and the sophistication of the colors, the brightness, the, the colors, unbelievable. Everything could have been brown, right? But no, it's the way that the colors develop is at a certain point when they're so ripe, they're actually screaming, eat me, right? When a banana is bursting at its seams or apples are just red and gorgeous or anything unbelievable what went into it. And this is all gifts from Hashem. Hashem is literally giving us gifts all the time and we could choose to see it or we could choose not to. So we should notice it, heighten our appreciation. This is what it is all about. As I said before, the, the very famous quote about man compared to a tree in Deuteronomy, Ki ha'adam man is like the tree of the field. And in other sources within our Jewish wisdom, we see reference to man and woman being compared to trees. You know, Queen Esther, the special, amazing woman who saved the Jewish people, she was actually referred to as Karka Ha'olam, the soil of the earth. And just like the soil is the foundation, it upholds the world, right? The whole quality of the tree is dependent on the quality of the soil, the nutrients, right? That's, that's everything. So too is a human being. So too is woman. And another way that we use this expression relating a person to a tree, we say mother earth, 
right? Ima Adama, even the first man, Adam Harishon, his name, Adam, comes from the word Adama, earth. And it's not in a low way. It's not like, oh my gosh, you're dust, you're earth, you're dirt. It's not like that. It's a compliment. It's seeing earth as a seeding place for growth, a place that is rich in nutrients. Okay, so there are four elements in the world. I have a drawing of this. If anyone wants, I could send it to you. It's a drawing of a tree, a beautiful tree that has the sap rising and then the limbs on the limbs. It says going out on a limb. Now on the bottom, in the roots of this picture that I'm looking at right now, there are the four elements. There is the soil, which we spoke about, right? The soil is everything, the nutrients, the values, everything important is in the soil. That's the quality of what it's going to grow. It's all dependent in that. And the roots are what holds us, what we could lean on, the people that have come before us. Then we have the element of water. Water is a life source. It is so important to have water. We cannot survive as human beings without water. A tree or anything growing can also not survive without water. The water represents Torah. And for a Jew, we need to be connected to our Judaism. A Jew that is out of its Jewish life community has no connection is not going to survive. It's not, this is not me, Eve Levy talking. This is statistics. Look up the Pew reports and read what is going to be in 10 years time with the Jewish people. Where are we headed? If you're connected in some way, shape or form, whatever, you know, stream of Judaism, whatever, however you affiliate, you have a chance. Your kids have a chance. But if you are disconnected, unfortunately, breaks my heart, there is very little chance of your descendants being Jewish. So the example that I give, and I usually use this example when I'm teaching about the ingredients of making challah. So we speak about the ingredient of water and how it represents Torah and how it's so valuable. It's so important. Well, what I share is in the laws of shrita, of slaughtering an animal, ritually kosher, right, to do it ritually kosher in a very humane way, we learned that there are no laws of slaughter for fish. Why is that? It's because a fish out of water is considered dead. And that is so sad because a Jew that's disconnected from its Judaism is also very unlikely to have a chance at being a Jew in two or three generations. So the water, the Torah, that value, so, so important. Then we have the value of air. Air is our breath, nishima, which is very connected to the word nishama, which is our, our soul, the beautiful soul that we have inside of us, our spiritual reality. And it's there. It's there for the taking. We just need to connect ourselves. Sometimes it's the smallest tweak of just putting some kavana, some intention into an act that we're doing. And we take it from being a mundane thing to a spiritual experience. So that's that element of air, of soul, of spirituality. And then we have the element of fire. In this example with the tree, the fire is the photosynthesis. It's the warmth. Warmth to me represents community. It represents family and friends and circles around you. So setting yourself up for being supported by people that are like you, by people that understand you and care for you. One of the greatest tragedies over the last two years has been people have been 
isolated and disconnected from community. This is one of the most basic needs that we have as human beings to be embraced, to be heard, to be understood, to be with other people. And unfortunately, that has really taken a toll on so many people's lives. So surround yourself with community, with warmth, with growth. And then what the fire also represents for me is the passion. It's the fire in your heart. It's the dream that you have. What is your dream? What is that, that sap that is rising within you? It's rising. I, I promise you it is. And you should get to the end of your life with nothing left inside of you. Use that. You have the potential. No one's giving up on you. You are a one-time phenomenon, just like a tree, so unique. You have something so incredible to bring to the world. I'm going to end with one small, beautiful idea. On Tubishvat, it is known there is a custom, sounds like an interesting custom, to pray for a beautiful etrog, a, a citron, upcoming Sukkot holiday. Like, seriously, I'm not even up to Purim or Pesach. I'm not thinking about Sukkot. But our sages tell us that there's this beautiful custom to pray for a beautiful etrog on Tubishvat. Why is that? Well, the four species that we take together on Sukkot, the Lulav, Hadassim, Aravot, and the etrog, these four species that we take together, we hold together, we shake them, we make a blessing on them. They are supposed to represent four different parts of our body. The lulav, the tall palm branch represents our spine. The hadassim represent our eyes. The aravat, the willow branches represent our mouth. And the etrog is supposed to represent our hearts. And on Tubishvat, we pray for a beautiful heart. We're saying, God, over the upcoming months of winter, oh, and the struggles, oh my gosh, and this world is in such a crazy upside down place. Please, God, let my heart remain pure and let me serve you with purity. Let me see people for their good. Let me have a good eye and eye in Tova. Please, God, keep the purity, the beauty of my heart intact. Don't let me get hardened by all the harshness out there. Deep, deep down, my intentions, my heart is so good and so pure. Please, God, let me serve you with this purity, with this beauty, with this grace. I'm wishing everyone a beautiful Tubishvat. And I think to end, I will share one of my favorite poems about a tree. This is called Advice from a Tree by Ilan Shamir. Dear friends, stand tall and proud. Sink your roots deeply into the earth. Reflect the light in your true nature. Think long-term, go out on a limb. Remember your place among all living beings. Embrace with joy the changing seasons for each yields its own abundance, the energy and the birth of spring, the growth and contentment of summer, the wisdom to let go like the leaves in the fall, the rest and the quiet renewal of winter. Feel the wind and the sun and delight in their presence. Look up at the moon that shines down upon you and the mystery of the stars at night. Seek nourishment from the good things in life, simple pleasures, earth, fresh air, and light. Be content with your natural beauty. Drink plenty of water. Let your limbs sway and dance in the breeze. Be flexible. Remember your roots and enjoy the view. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day beautiful, blessed, and inspired to be shvat. Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so
so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great, inspired day.